Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone. This week, we're going to be diving into the Emma Approved Revival episodes, which this is our second to last episode talking about the new Emma Approved episodes. Sad Sadly. <laughs> Cut short. I know. By yeah. life. <laughs> Before we get into that, we're going to talk about the books that we are currently reading. Jillian, what are you reading right now? I am reading a wonderful romance book called Unzipped by Lauren Blakely. It is, I, I really like it. It's basically about this guy. He is um, kind of a nerdy, you know, he's a, he designs roller coasters. He's like an engineer for roller coasters. So he's got kind of like a cool job and he's only like been in love once in his life. And it was his first girlfriend in college. First girl he did everything with and she broke his heart and she was like, call me when you get your life on track. It's eight years later. So he's like Whoa. 28. He's feeling good, feeling like it's time to win back her heart. And so he... I was raised on those romantic 80s movies and decides to do this big grand gesture a la Say Anything, you know, uh-huh. where John Cusack holds up the boon box. Yeah. He decides to, go, he finds out where she lives. Is this a spoiler if you're going to say No, 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 part? this happens, no, I, this is something you're going to read on the back of the book. Oh, basically, okay. her neighbor is there. Like, okay. uh, the, this girl he's trying to win over is not there. Her oh. neighbor is, and she's like, she doesn't live here very often. <gasps> she usually rents out the place, but... This woman is a TV writer and she needs inspiration. And she's like, I want to help you win over this girl. However, oh. they start to fall for <gasps> each other. Oh. It is, you know, this book really impresses me because it's so witty and it's hmm. so funny. And I just feel like I haven't read like a romance novel so rich with like pop culture references in a long time. Oh, cool. So I really like it a lot. And it's just the cover is just like this dude with abs and that's it. Yeah, I was going to say unzipped sounds scandalous. It, you know what's funny? It's, it sounds scandalous, but it's the title of a song. Like it's the oh, song okay, that he okay. like, <laughs> it's the title of a song that he had to put on a cassette tape to put in the boom box to like Aww. try and win her over. And so I don't know if it's a real song. I guess I should look into it. I'm <laughs> but, like, how, I guess I know how, but I don't know how to put songs onto cassette tapes. Exactly. Like he <laughs> has to, he has to like reverse engineer yeah. <laughs> all this stuff, but it's great. Cause he's very like, I always have a plan. Right. I always know what's going to happen. And like, he's completely thrown through, not only in um, getting his plans thwarted, but he didn't plan on falling for the girl who is not his, uh, you know, the love intended, of his life. Yeah, yeah it's not his intended. <laughs> and so they're kind of going on this wild goose chase to win her back. And Ooh. he's like, I'm into it, but like, like she's the end game, but I kind of like this girl. And it's, it's very That good. sounds fun. It is. Yeah. And it's like very smart. I like Ooh. it a lot. What are you reading? I'm currently reading a book called The Power by Naomi Alderman. That's- it's a sci-fi book. It's quite long, so I'm not far <laughs> into it, actually. But it's basically about all these girls who start to discover that they have, like, this sort of power within them, and it manifests itself in, like, this, like, electricity that they're able to emit and harm people, really. It's interesting because they find out that it's not just this group of girls, but it's like all women who have this power. And it's like, we were just talking off mic about it. It's sort of like this metaphor for like women in society today of how maybe we've always had like this power within us. This rebellious power. Yeah, Yeah. but we've, it's always just been like, um, it's easier not to use it. 
Right, it's been subdued or it's just been ignored and now this younger generation has discovered it and they've really honed in on it and are figuring out how to use it while like the older generation is starting to be like, oh wait, I remember maybe feeling that when I was younger and I ignored it. There's like chaos being wrecked in this fictional world Mm -hmm. with this of like, oh, they're a danger. We need to like keep them away from our boys (laughs) and like all these different things. So I'm not far into it, but so far it's, it's a really interesting read, but yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. No, that's another book that I've gotten like 50 pages into. And then I set aside to read a lot of other things. But you, you're reading the opposite of my book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because like, uh, right. I feel like what's really distinctive about this power that they get is it's it's typically used against men. Because they yeah. don't have this. It's used as like a almost a defense against like men attacking them. Yeah. And so basically that. Yeah, no, but it's it was like a bestseller. It's like a very popular, I think it came out like within the last few years. Yeah, they're saying there was a Washington Post article that says the power is this is our era's handmaid's tale. So a lot of praise for this book in yeah. general. Because I remember one of the things I remember reading in it or about it is like, I mean, it's a very like, if if you are squeamish, like, don't read this book. Because it's not only about, I think, the power, like the electricity power that like comes from their fingertips. Right. It comes from the power, the social power that they amass from like, Mm. essentially being able to fight back. Yeah. And I mean, the idea, it's not like when women get this power, they're like, better leaders than you know men that are in power like it's very interesting yeah that everyone like abuses their power yeah so i'll be curious to read more of it and see what happens (laughs) yeah (laughs) what happens in this fictional matriarchy yeah Um, all right yeah not related to that at all (laughs) not we should have started with yours No, but we're going to jump into uh, Emma Prude Revival, as mentioned. Collins is a new client of theirs, Mm -hmm. and they're still trying to figure out what's the right path for him. So starting with episode five, Affirmations, written by James Bern Isaacs. Harriet goes into work super early, and, you know, with her windows down, shouts affirmations (laughs) to herself. (laughs) So... That's one way to live your life. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But I love the how intense her affirmations are. Like, she really gets into it. She loves musicals, so of course she's referencing musicals in her affirmations. You can't stop the beat, because I am Harriet Smith. I am the beat. You have One Day More, the Les Mis reference, Seize the Day, Newsies. You can't stop the beat, Hairspray. And the last one, Hero is my middle name, it sounded like a reference. And I Googled it and I saw that it is from SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical, which I'm not familiar with any of the music from there. No, but I'm impressed at uh, how up to date her references yeah, are for musicals. Yeah, I know. She's, I uh, she's keeping on top of everything. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's really like, yeah, Les Mis to SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wide range there. Oh, yeah. Also, why wasn't... The easily incorporated Hamilton reference in this of I will not throw away my shot. Yeah. It's that makes so much more sense than the SpongeBob one. James Brent Isaac. Come on. I know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I can tell he wrote that because he talked about how much he loves musicals when he was on oh, the podcast. Sure. Brent, hi, it's Jillian. Like, I don't know if you're listening to this episode, but like you could have done a Hamilton reference. Could have done a Hamilton reference, didn't, not over it, it's fine. He, sh- I'm surprised he didn't do a waitress reference. That's, what What would have been the reference? I'm not as familiar with that soundtrack, okay. <laughs> but there's like a song called Opening Up. I don't know, she could have sung about being the first one I'm in the office. Open up. Opening up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't Something. know the rest of it. Anyway, 
But you know, yeah, she she leaves her car with her window down. Yeah, I'm I'm you know people are just walking away from everything here, and Collins is already there. And Weird. How'd he get in? B-Mart's already there. I thought she was here early. I know. And she walks in and then like every, she's the last one in. Yeah. I assume. <laughs> we haven't talked about it, but I assume Alex and Emma live here. That's He my... called it the home office. Right. So I'm sure they live there. And, so we're not and talking. Emma was talking about the efficiency of it, right? Of like yeah. being able to live there. So they, again, we don't get clarity on their relationship early. So I we assume we that- see. Emma and Alex live there together, and that they're just upstairs. Meanwhile, everyone is downstairs. Everyone's got a key to their place. I guess so. Which is a way to run your business. It's a way to live your life. Yeah. It's just Collins is there. I don't know what he's doing in before the employees. Before Emma and Alex. How did he get in? How did it? How does anyone get it? Why is because B-Mart greets him, so it's not like B-Mart let him in. That's true. B-Mart was already there. Does B-Mart have a key? Maybe they just don't lock Do their doors. Do they all live there? <laughs> Maybe it's a nice neighborhood and they don't feel the need to lock their doors. Maybe. I hear that there are places in the world where people are just like, I don't need to lock my door. Very, We're not. This isn't one of those places. <laughs> I'm very concerned about the safety of everyone in this fictional world. <laughs> Me too. About whether or not this office is going to get broken into, but you know what? They live their lives. They seem fine. I think that's the real reason they didn't continue with the show. (laughs) (laughs) Someone broke in. Stole stole everything. Stole everything. Well, again, film. Documentary crew is filming here at this office that's never locked. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go take everything. (laughs) That's very funny. Then we get to see their little bro handshake. Yeah. Their friendship, this bro friendship between Collins and Beemar has continued to blossom. They have their own secret handshake that Harry is just confused by. You know, I think it's nice that Beemar has someone that he can turn to and be friends with because as we kind of saw before, like Harriet has Emma to turn to when things are going bad. But Beemar really hasn't had anyone to turn to. I mean, the only other person to turn to would be Knightley and... Natalie hasn't exactly been that open person to turn to. He's not touchy-feely. No. (laughs) So he has Collins, which is nice. Yeah. He's got a bro. Yeah. Then we see Emma, Harriet, and Collins kind of trying to figure out what is the direction of Collins' life, new lifestyle now. And he says he wants a cultured life. You know, just a very general cultured life. And it's funny because, I mean, so basically where we last left off with him is he's like, I want a different job. I don't want to be a tech executive anymore. And it's weird. Like, that's fine. I'm all for you, like, changing your job. But he's not, like, qualified to do anything else. He just knows he wants something different. And so they're basically brainstorming what his future career path is going to look like. Yeah. And I love that, like, he's like, I want something with culture. And they throw out some options. And Harriet's like, animals. And he's like, ah, agriculture. That's a great culture. And we're like... What? He, he wants to be a farmer, which he, is fine. Yeah, he goes into that tangent of like, and animals and farming and everything. He's like, yes, this is it. This is my life. <laughs> I think he'd make a great like yuppie farmer where people sure. grow herbs on their rooftops in oh, Brooklyn or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he could do that. But he seems to be all gung-ho about like getting out in like the fields. Like a real farmer. And like, like petting cows and plowing the soil. And I'm like, can it's you not, do that? It's not as easy of a profession as one might think. There, People are like, yeah, we just want to like work with my hands. <laughs> and like, then they realize, oh, it's getting up super early and yeah. working all day and being super tired every single day. <laughs> and I 
I it's I'm still trying to figure out what it is about that that appeals to him. He seems very much like an indoor guy. I think it's just like that complete opposite lifestyle. Of like you know, I've been working indoors my whole life, and I just want to try something so drastically new. I gotta go outdoors and like kind of like the movie City Slickers. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it all the way through, but my like my dad loves watching it when it's on TV. Uh huh. It's basically who's in that. It's Billy Crystal and two other guys. Okay, yeah, yeah, Billy Crystal. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and for those of you who also don't know, it's basically a movie made in, oh, gosh, the 80s, the 90s? Or you could reference the Disney Channel original movie Horse Sense with the Lawrence brothers. Or Cowbells with the Mashaka sisters. There you go. We <laughs> there got are references l- to cover all generations. <laughs> Lots of examples of city-dwelling folk yes. who find pleasure in the simple things in exactly. life. Exactly. That's all you need to <laughs> that's know, the folks. Reference. You got it. <laughs> so that's um, what Collins wants. And Emma kind of is like, no, like, are you sure though? You are a partner at a very successful tech company. You deserve something of the same caliber. You're not a farmer. I guess it's Emma-esque or not to like be like, oh, farming's beneath you. You wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I don't even, I don't know if she's like looking down on farming or if she just immediately sees what we see, which is like you in the outdoors. Yeah, I think it's, if it's more of like you picture, like whatever you're picturing yourself doing right now, you're wrong. That's not what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what it is. Yeah. You need to get yourself into an office (laughs) where you thrive. With a computer. With something with an email address. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they decide that he would be a good sommelier. Yeah. She brings up wine and it kind of ties in agriculture, farming, grapes, wine, food. Yes. And like Knowing all of these things. things. Yeah. Bow ties. Uh, cheese platters. Exactly. I assume cheese platters are involved in being a sommelier. It does seem like the perfect job for Collins because it's like you need to be knowledgeable at something. You need to be able to talk to talk to something in an um, expert manner and like re- give these recommendations to people. And like, sure, he's not the most concise of people, but like, you know, it seems like a good fit. Um, I did look it up for, I mean, a master sommelier is like there's like less than 10 in the u.s wow so there's like this is very difficult this is a very difficult profession to break into it's kind of like him saying i want to be on the supreme court i better go to law school now (laughs) right now yeah no Um, time to waste but like the average salary can be up to one hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is really great dang any at any level i think there's like four levels or something i don't know but you do need to get a certification. So it isn't like anyone can just jump into this if, like, he were serious about it. And if, like, what we'll see in the next episode, if the test night went well, then Emma would, like, launch him into, like, okay, we'll get your certification. We'll get you, like, fully, like, ready for this test and, like, get you on that path. But, uh... Yeah, shall, shall we jump ahead? May, yeah, things may not pan out that way. <laughs> let, let us jump straight to episode six. Pairings, written by Abitha Ramachandran. This is a very dramatic episode. Everyone's sort of like not acting like themselves because they're drunk. And it's it's sort of a fail on many different levels. But they are yeah. giving uh, Collins his trial run of being a sommelier. Yeah. Basically a dude who just stands there and tells you what wine to drink. I mean, in a way... I do think this is perfect for him because all he has to do is just talk and give his opinion, and he loves that. Right. And it's funny hearing the 
uh, contrast between Emma's monologue of like what it means to be a sommelier, the storyteller, and everything, and you see Collins like pouring way too much wine in these what should be a tasting yeah. uh, menu, and like really swishing around the wine in the cups. And, like, then he shrugs when he puts a cup down. It's just really funny to see, like, you can tell he's very much so a novice at this. And, yeah. like, maybe he likes drinking wine. That's cool. But, like, to actually be an expert at it and, like, give these recommendations is a whole nother level. Yep. But, you know, he's trying and it's the first one. Yeah. And it's not his fault that he fails. I don't. Yeah, I don't know a lot about wine. I know nothing. But I do know <laughs> that when you do tastings, you're not supposed to fill the glass. Yeah. Like, all the way Like, halfway up. or more than halfway. Not, like, you're supposed to put in, like, a little bit and then swirl it around and then spit it or something. I don't know. I saw an episode of Monk where that happened. Okay. <laughs> so this is where my references are coming Got from. Got it. But, I mean, they launch into the night. You have, oh, yeah. And then Nightly was like, yeah, wine at night with these, <laughs> with this group. No thanks. I'm going to stay upstairs, I guess. Genius. Because, again, I guess he lives there. He's the only one with any sense. I don't know. Because it's basically uh, two exes and Emma just kind of, right. yay, good, good for you. Yeah. And everyone gets drunk. Well, I, don't, I guess Emma doesn't get drunk because she does it the no. right way. She, like, sips it as the taste and then yeah. Harriet and B-Mart, like, down their yeah, wine. Yeah, this, this group of B-Mart, Harriet, Emma, and Collins. And Collins, at first, it seems like he, you know, Emma's like, oh, I'm eating this. What would you recommend? With the salmon, I would suggest the magnificent 2003 Rosings Rosé. From the most eminent wine region of Côte de Bon. It's this nice little reference to Rosings Rosé. Rosings being um, Lady Catherine's estate in Pride and Prejudice. Can't not mention her. So nice little reference in there. Pretty much after they, I guess, B-Mart and Harriet have like a little, I don't know, I guess they hit each other kind of under the table by accident or like they're sharing the bar under the table. Who knows? Something happens. They both chug their wine down. So everyone's drunk very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> It goes south very fast. Collins is, again, not concise. He goes on and on about what to drink and everything like that. Things um, sl- uh, escalate from there. Yeah. There was a nice little Easter egg, actually. Um, behind them on one of the shelves, there was an Everyone Loves Humans mug, which is a Frankenstein MD reference. Oh. And, like, merch you could buy. So. <laughs> Plug. Um, yeah, fun little thing there. This is really the point, breaking point for for uh, B-Mart and Harriet because they've been sort of surface level nice to each other this whole time post breakup and now is like with the help of alcohol and Collins, of Collins blurting out unknowingly the uh, reason why B-Mart thinks they broke up and alcohol <laughs> that they hash it out in a really aggressive manner (laughs) yeah collins is basically like hey have you thought about dating harriet i'm sure she's not like your last girlfriend who had what did you call it a crippling fear of emotional intimacy and harriet and emma hear this if i were harriet first of all yeah she's like rightfully very angry oh yeah but also her boss heard that how embarrassing embarrassing. so embarrassing and then she's like what happened to keeping it professional and then she's obviously thinking like you've only known this guy for five minutes and you're telling him that i have a crippling fear of emotional intimacy yeah that's messed up and then he's like oh man i didn't think i'd get caught like a stupid boy yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah drunk bmart is claiming that 
Harriet threw away five years. Oh boy. And then we do finally get some insight because like it's kind of been a one-sided breakup story because we've heard B-Mart's side. I mean, and it's also Harriet maybe just keeping things genuinely professional of like not telling a confessional why she decided to break up with her boyfriend, you know? But B-Mart's kind of heartbroken and like throwing it all out there. So we, we get more of his side of things, but... Harriet just says, like, I didn't want to marry you. Crippling a fear of emotional intimacy? I didn't want to marry you, so I abandoned you? Some more insight, I guess, into the major communication between what does it mean between I don't want to marry you or I don't want to get married ever kind of thing. So they're they're not communicating. And, and Bmart interpret it as I don't want to marry you. So he's angry about that. And he's still angry. As we see. <laughs> yeah. And like, we don't, I feel like that was something that was probably said behind it. Maybe they were, she was like, I don't want to get married. And, you know, I guess you could have that conversation of like, fine, we just be one of those couples who right. don't get married. We'll have a millennial heart contract. We yes. won't get married. <laughs> or it's like, I don't want to get married. And he's like, well, then I, we have to break up kind of thing. You know, who yeah. knows? She, he's claiming that because she didn't want to marry him, she threw their whole relationship down the toilet. Right. And, Which, um. Yeah. Like if, if Harriet is scared to jump into that commitment, then like Beemart should have given her that space to kind of figure that out. But they both, he jumped to the conclusions, she jumped to conclusions and like they just broke up and that was it. There, I think that it's the classic thing that we keep seeing over and over with this series. It's just like miscommunication yeah. between everything and no one's talking. And this is the this is the first time that they've really talked in a while. And you know what's funny is like, <laughs> and now the show is over. But <laughs> yeah. what's so different about the way we're talking about this series versus the way we talk about Emma is we've already seen Emma. We've already seen Lizzie Bennet. So we're able to look like we've got hindsight. We can't do that here. Yeah. Who knows if any of the words that they're throwing at each other were going to have some kind of ramifications for the future, you right. know? So we don't have that. We don't have nope. anything. Nope. Um, and so everyone's just very mad at each other. Rightfully so. Yep. You know? <laughs> Harriet's ex-boyfriend blabbed about his feelings to some guy he doesn't even know that well. And she found out about it. And she breaks a glass. And then he yeah. breaks a glass. And she's embarrassed and says, I can't work. Oh, no. And no, then, no, no. Yeah. sorry, I'm forgetting. I'm overlooking the part where she accidentally hits Emma. Well, before that even. Oh, what did I forget? You're forgetting the Senator Elton <gasps> line. That's right. Because they're arguing Again, he has nacho cheese in his apartment still. In her apartment. <laughs> in her apartment. And it's stinking up the apartment, and, and I don't know why it's there. he says that awful line of... How about you just throw it all out like you did our whole relationship? You could even call Senator Elton. I'm sure he'd love to help. And that is just... Sh- I When I first watched this, I was shocked. I was clutching my pearls. I was like, no. Immediately drop this character yep. get him out of here <laughs> i automatically was like nope i hate b-mart i'm done with him no thank you i'm good <laughs> low blow yeah to talk about you know the last guy she tried to be with before right. they got together right and like that ended poorly and he was just like remember when that ended poorly and that was a stupid thing to say yeah why is he so stupid it's clearly something that like he's been holding on to oh, yeah. for five years oh yeah to bring it up to bring up her past failed relationship that ended in an embarrassing manner for everyone involved mm-hmm. is 
way out of line. I wonder, awful. I wonder if that also, like, hit Emma in the gut, too. Because that was a failure on everybody's part except B-Mart because he didn't have to fix his laptop. Right. <laughs> B-Mart just wasn't there for an- for Senator Elton. Oh, yeah. I don't think we ever saw them in the same room, no. right? Mm-mm. Oh. Nope. nope. He's, throw- he's slinging mud that he doesn't own. Right. He wasn't there. He wasn't a part of it at all. Like even that's if, worse. That's worse. It's so much worse. Because he's, he's bringing up dirt from Harriet's life and throwing it back at her and Emma. It's her greatest failure to this day. Who cares about B Mart anymore? <laughs> he's Get him dead out of to here. us. <laughs> this is the part of the episode because you know how they have that new episode of Black Mirror where you choose your own adventure. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the part where we would get the option to like murder him. <laughs> And like, it's either Collins like, apologize or murder, and it's like murder. murder. And Collins decides to change. He realizes his life's like he's good at disposing of bodies, and he like <laughs> joins the Russian mob or something. Yeah. Like that's where this actually goes. Yeah, I bet you that was what season or the next uh, character arc. Was yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, hiding um, B parts body. So when we did uh, interview Diane, uh, she did mention the fact that she fought for this line to stay in because it was like. It's such like a out of left field, like, whoa, where did you pull Elton's name? Like, how dare you say this name right now? Like, I think it was good to keep it in because like you just like are like, oh, where, where is this relationship going to go from here? Because this is like the most bottom we've ever seen it. And it's so funny because I feel like that's such a girl thing to do. Yeah. Of Like, let's take something from no one's thought about <laughs> Five years. And I'm going to bring it up right now. Like, what was... So that's why it's, like, worse than it's B-Mart. Because it's, like, guys don't fight that way. And he's fighting that way. He's drunk. He's drunk. I know. But, But, yes, uh, then after that moment, Harriet kind of goes to try to hit B-Mart. Unfortunately, she's drunk. So her aim is not the best. And she accidentally hits Emma. And they immediately sober up in that second. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, they're trying to deal with, like, oh... What just happened? What am I doing? This is embarrassing. And Harry decides, like, I can't, I can't work here anymore. And She's she not leaves. Wrong. She leaves. Hopefully, it's nothing so dramatic as I quit. Right. But I think it has been demonstrated that the being keeping it professional attitude uh, does not hold up for very long. No, I mean it's like both Bmart and Harry are like, you know what? I'm not going to work here anymore. Bmart then says, like, you know what? Harry should stay. I'm going to go. They both leave. So it's like. That's where they stand well, right now. Well, he was awful. He should, like... Oh, he should be banned. <laughs> he, should, he should jump off a cliff or something. <laughs> Not really, but, no. like, also kind of a little bit. Like well, He needs to, like, go away for a bit. He and, like, needs a timeout yeah. in a big way. He needs to come back with a really big apology yeah. to Harriet and Emma. Because even though I know he wasn't talking to her, Senator Elton was like her biggest failure professionally and he brought it up yeah 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 rough very 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 rough i do like that at the end collins is like so they were together (laughs) oh so that's his (laughs) ex-girlfriend oh did i do something (laughs) wait a minute i I didn't like mess everything up (laughs) i did i like aggravate the situation (laughs) (laughs) but i mean better i guess to do that because these two have not like 
really faced their issues in a no, I think this had to happen. It had to happen in one way or another. Not the Elton line, but like, you know, some version of that would have happened. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was just thinking about like, you know, not to bring Elton up again, but yeah. remember how we like, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about how there was a lot of dancing around who liked who and yeah. who did what. And we just had to have that episode where it all just comes to a head. They all spit some truth and it gets real mean real fast yeah and that oh, the same thing that's happened true. Here. i mean the way that elton throws it um in emma's face is like i thought like you're clearly not a good matchmaker then if you can't make this happen mm-hmm. he's like just being so condescending of her job of her career and bmar is just being mean i don't yeah. know he's just it's just meanness just boys being mean yeah. you know and so it's just it feels like it's part of the same beast yeah where they're just it had to like they had to confront their issues yeah but this is it got real ugly really fast really fast guess we should jump to the comments yeah let's jump so to we the... can see other people's opinions what, what of other how people bad thought. exactly <laughs> starting with episode five annika says i never thought that i would be this excited about a bromance between collins and b mart but here i am <laughs> i was happy for their bromance until i hated b mart <laughs> yeah <laughs> jessica says i love the farmer thing very actual midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. I've I, I included this comment because I, I remember, like, at one point, one of my brothers was like, yeah, I just want to go try farming. And I was like, I don't think you know what that entails. <laughs> and it's I think it's a very, like, like not midlife crisis, but, like, at a certain point, people just get to, like, I want to work with my hands and, like, do that. And then they get over it. <laughs> so, How old is this brother? He's like in his early 30s. Okay, so, like, so he's like around a, Colin's age. Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. your mid-30s slump. Yeah, I guess mid so. Mid to late 30s, yeah. or early to mid-30s slump. So it's a, it's a thing that happens. That's good to know. <laughs> Rachel says, five bucks, Collins doesn't realize he actually hates wine. That's very funny. That would be funny if he's just like, oh, I think Ugh. I've had a couple glasses, but I don't know. Ugh. Betty says, call me crazy, but I think he should join the church. He would be excellent at sermon making. He's a great, yeah, he's a great speaker. I think that's like a a good reference to actual Pride and Prejudice because he's a clergyman. Absolutely. But I guess, I don't know if he'd be a good like motivational speaker or something like that. I feel like as soon as he reads something he believes... Then he'll spit it out because he'll believe it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you just need to do, like, I think he'd actually make a good life coach. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he'd be, like, one of those people you go pay lots of money for to see talk. And, like, he hosts these seminars. And people are like, yes, Collins, he's so great. <laughs> Going to episode six comments, Goldfish Crayon says, Nice to see B-Mart and Harriet speaking their minds instead of just pleasantries. Looking forward to hearing more of Harriet's side of the story since a lot of the details seem to be coming from, quote, not to blame B-Mart. I love that. We should call him Bobby not to blame Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, it wasn't my fault, Martin. I know. Yeah, because, I mean, it really has been a, a one-sided breakup story. Because, mm-hmm. again, Harriet's been a little more professional she's in keeping playing. those details to herself. And B-Mart's just been like, she's emotionally unavailable. She doesn't love me. She doesn't want to get married. I'm like, all right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle says, one, someone like him was so mean. Two, bringing up Elton, also mean. Three, the slat, no matter where it landed, drunk or not, is the end of that ship for me. I hope Emma is okay and doesn't try to downplay this with Alex. Yeah, this ship has sunk, essentially. Yeah. It is the Titanic. It would 
it's a difficult task to try to bring that back. It hit an iceberg. It did. And it is now doing this slow descent into the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's dying. People are in lifeboats. (laughs) They're barely hanging on. It's just a Emma's there with the whistle. (laughs) Dark place. They're rested. They're floating on a door. Yeah, Emma's there with the whistle. (laughs) And she's trying, and Alex is coming downstairs and like, what's this whistle? <laughs> and he's like, what? What? And she's yeah. like, <laughs> Which I guess, I mean, I think it's a good point that this uh, Danielle says that like to not downplay it with Alex because it's totally something Emma would do of being like, oh no, it went okay. Um, yeah, you know, Beemart and Harriet, they're just uh, taking some time off. That's all. And- she hit her in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, if Alex lives there, he heard everything, right? He should have heard. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> maybe it was video. Maybe he's playing his video games. Does he play video I games? I don't think Alex plays. I don't know I don't what he Alex does. Alex Knightley plays video games. Maybe he's out with friends. I don't know be. what he does. That's true. He could be out with friends. Spare time. What friends, though? What? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua says, as much as I love this episode as a whole, my favorite part is, well, that was a mistake. Emma owning up to her faults. That took so many episodes in the last season, but now she has really grown. I guess I never thought about that. That's true. I mean, it's it does normally take Emma a long time to be like, oh, now that everyone... I mean, I guess it just happened faster, right? Because typically it's when everyone's left the office and she's all alone. She's like, oh, maybe I made a mistake. And mm. two people just left her office. So she's like, yeah, that was a mistake. I mean, but I feel like this actually Emma doesn't... She, like, she's ma- this wasn't Emma's mistake, you know? I, I guess it's hinting a bit to- toward what we're going to find out in the next two episodes of, mm-hmm. like, what part she played in the B-Mart-Harriet relationship. Right. So we're not quite there yet, but I think that's... I don't know. It's I, it's not so much this night of making Collins a sommelier was a mistake. It's mm-hmm. more of, like, my involvement, again, my meddling in the, my friends' lives was a mistake. That's true. It's very true. I think. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Cinderube says, since we don't really know the ins and outs of their relationship, looks like they didn't really talk to each other about their problems. Maybe they were trying too hard to be perfect. Or dare I say passive aggressive? I feel like we left passive aggressive in the rearview mirror oh a while goodness. ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then... This uh, is full on aggressive. Full on. There was hitting. There was glass smashing. Oh my gosh. We are in the midst of like a bar fight. <laughs> yeah. It seems like this is their, it seems like the breakup was their first big fight, and yeah. then this is their second big fight. So I don't know if they just never talked about marriage in their five years, but it seems like something they both tiptoed around and never brought up. And then finally, Beemart brought it up, and things exploded from there. I know. And then the freaking like, Manhattan Project happened, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of all breakup yeah. fights. <laughs> yeah. So things are are not good with the Harriet and B Mart ship. We are so far away from a thousand cranes right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, we are. So hopefully things are looking up in the next episode. <laughs> this episode has been Pemberley Podcast approved. <laughs>